Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051, 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. And, and so for 10 days, it was all ultrasounds and x-rays and CT scans and PET scans and MRIs and exam after exam, until finally on Friday evening, there was the final meeting with the oncologist at around 6 p.m. And Cheryl and I went there to his office at the Mayo Clinic there. We sat down. He had my chart opened on his desk. He had in front of him all these papers spread, all the test results, and the light was dim in his office. And he said, he said, well, you know, I'm not quite sure what the course should be, so I have to, I'd like to call my colleague at Harvard about your case. Okay. So he called up a colleague, gets on the phone with them, discusses, and the discussion is, do you think it's a good idea to inject his spinal column with methotrexate? Because the cancer might also be hiding in his brain. And he gets off the phone and he tells me, you know, my colleague at Harvard thought it's a good idea to inject methotrexate and, 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 and well, I knew about methotrexate and what it could do. And I, I, and I looked at it and I said, I don't think so. <laughs> and, and then he closed the chart like that and, and it was dinner time and he said to us really he said this he said you know if I could think of the best restaurant here in Rochester where I would go if it was going to be my last dinner <laughs> this is where I'd go and he gave the name of the restaurant that was the meeting that was all. In essence, he said, there's no hope. So what do you think Cheryl and I did that night? We went to that restaurant, and the food wasn't that good. But it was a pretty somber meal. But it, 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 And some Christians are like that. When they talk to the lost, they just talk about how hopeless their situation is as sinners. They're on their way to hell. They don't give any hope of the gospel. They're not acting like people of love. They don't believe all things, especially don't believe in the power, the dynamite power of God's gospel to break through and, and, and save the hardest heart. They don't hope for every person to be saved. And the evidence that they don't hope for every person to be saved is that they're not giving the gospel to every person they can. And that's what, the, and, and, and this is what Joseph could have done when he saw and gave the interpretation of the dream. I mean, from Pharaoh's dream, all that all he saw was seven years of plenty, seven years of the most terrible famine imaginable that made the years of plenty forget, be forgotten. From the dreams, Joseph saw no hope for, for Egypt to be saved. From the dreams, Joseph just saw no indication that the people of Egypt were going to survive, were going to live. From the dreams, Joseph did not see himself saving Egypt from sure death. From the dreams... Joseph only saw the death of Egypt. And that's like us with the lost. When we look at the lost and their sin, we see no indication that they're going to be saved, especially for going door to door among the Jewish people in the summer blitzes. 
I mean, literally millions of doors, of the millions of doors that the summer blitzers have knocked on, you know there's not been one door that's open and a Jewish person says, oh, come in, I've been waiting for you. You know, now tell me, what must I do to be saved? I mean, there's been nothing seen in the millions of doors that would indicate a coming salvation. It's just like Joseph, when he saw from Pharaoh's dreams, there was not any hope for Egypt to be saved. But when you look at verse 20, uh, Genesis 50, verse 20, 50, verse 20, when Joseph said, as it is this day, to save much people alive, well, there was nothing in Pharaoh's dreams that indicated that a verse 20 was going to happen, going to be possible. Nothing from the dreams that, 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 that gave Joseph any hope that a future day was coming where a verse 20 would happen. Not at all. Joseph saw for Egypt everything he saw, and, 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 and that he should tell the interpretation of the dreams, and he should just he should just close the file in front of Pharaoh and say, Now if I were to go to a restaurant where I would have a last meal with a lot of food, this is where I would go. Just with a dream. That's what gave him the indication. And he should have said something like, you know, he would have said something, now if you'll excuse me, I'll just go back to prison where I'll die along with you when the famine comes. I'll be going now. But that's that, that's what Joseph should have done from what he saw from Pharaoh's dreams. But that, because because Joseph was not a five-point fatalist who said, well, the dreams, I guess God is gonna, in his sovereignty has elected that the Egyptians are all going to die. I guess that God has predetermined the annihilation of the Egyptians. He's elected it. Who am I to stand in the way of God? Joseph was not a fatalist. He was not a fatalist. But Joseph was one of the people of love. And that meant that Joseph believed, 1 Corinthians 13, 7, that love believes all things and that love hopes all things. And Joseph knew God. And Joseph knew that God was a God of love. And this made Joseph say next the most wonderful words after he interpreted the dreams, after he saw the gloom for Egypt. And at that point, Joseph said, No! I will not stand by and watch the Egyptians perish. And even though Joseph saw no hope in Pharaoh's dreams, Joseph stepped in, he stepped in, and, and, and he said to himself, I will bring hope where there is no hope. I will be that hope that this people need. That's what we need to do. When we quietly interact with the lost and see the hopelessness of the lost, as the lost are so entrenched in their sin and how far they have made themselves from God, we, like Joseph, say in ourselves, no, I will bring hope where there is no hope. I will be that hope for that person to great need. I'm going to breathe a bridge over the troubled water to bring that person to God. And this is the beauty of the, of the two words that Joseph said to Pharaoh after he interpreted the dreams when he said in verse 33, Genesis 41, 33, Genesis 41, 33, now, therefore, let Pharaoh look out a man of discreet and wise and set him over the land. Let Pharaoh do this. Let him appoint officers over the land, take up the fifth part of the land of Egypt in the seven plenteous years. Let them gather all the food of those good years to come. Lay up corn under the hand of Pharaoh. Let them keep the corn for the cities, that the food shall be restored to the land against seven years of famine, which shall be in the land of Egypt, that the land perish not through the famine. He didn't get any of that information from the dreams. But that was, that was Joseph, he gave, he gave the dreams, and then he said the two greatest words after that, after he interpreted Pharaoh's dreams, which were the first words of what he said. He said, I'm going to give you the bad and bad, and he gave bad and interpretation, and the two words were, now therefore, now therefore, 
That was Joseph saying, look, the dreams are bad news for you, Pharaoh. The dreams are the end. They're Egypt perishing. But I say, no, this is what Pharaoh must do. And Joseph didn't see any of the dreams about a man who was going to come and gather food and save the, save the Egypt perishing. And Joseph didn't need to see anything about those details of Egypt being saved because, because, because Joseph knew God. And, and, and Joseph knew that God was the type of God who might later say, be, be, be described as, in John 3.16, John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believed in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And we see that Joseph, what he said in, 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 in what he was saying here in Genesis 41.26, that the land of Egypt should not perish. Genesis 41.26 he said the land of Egypt should not perish. Joseph saw the peril that Egypt was in from, from Pharaoh's dreams. And that was a warning. And Joseph said to himself, hmm, God so loves Egypt that he does not want Egypt to perish, but that all Egypt should be saved. And that's the attitude that you and I need as to, to have and look at, as we look at each lost person, that we should, we should say, God is not willing for this person to perish according to 2 Peter 3 9. 2 Peter 3 9. God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. That's why, that's why I come down hard on Calvinism. And because of this, because God is not a Calvinist. God is not a Calvinist. God is not willing that any should perish. And, and we should be like Joseph. And we should say to ourselves when we see a, a lost person. Now, here's a person that God will have to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. Why? Because that's what it says in, in, in 1 Timothy 2.4. 1 Timothy 2.4. Who will have all men to be saved and to come unto the knowledge of the truth. So this is the beauty of Joseph's words when he comes and he says, Now, therefore, you know, jo Joseph, he, he, he did not see this now, therefore, in Pharaoh's dreams. The, the now therefore part all came from Joseph, who was really, it, it, that, was, that, that was God going beyond what was revealed in Pharaoh's dreams to reveal to, the, reveal to Joseph the now therefore part. That now therefore was Joseph's now therefore plan to save Egypt from perishing. And that was Joseph realizing that God was, God was a, John 3.16, God so loved Egypt, he didn't want Egypt to perish. That was Joseph applying the next verse, John 3.17, John 3.17, to himself, which says in John 3.17, For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. That was Joseph realizing God sent not Joseph, even though he was sold into slavery, God sent not Joseph into Egypt to condemn Egypt, but that Egypt, through Joseph, might be saved. And God did, through Joseph, save Egypt. In Pharaoh's dreams, they only said Egypt was condemned, but God, through Joseph, saved Egypt. And that was the goal of God, of Joseph, now therefore plan, now therefore plan. And he started off, and before now therefore plan, in Genesis 41, 36, Genesis 41, 36, that the land perish not through the famine. And that's why Joseph, now in verse 20, looking at the land and says, mission accomplished, when he said, 
in verse 20, Genesis 50, verse 20, to bring to pass as it is this day to save much people alive. He's talking about Egyptians. He's talking about Egyptians when Joseph said to save much people alive. But the point is, is that God revealed none of this, uh, Joseph now therefore planned in Pharaoh's dream. It all came from God to Joseph beyond what was seen in Pharaoh's dreams. You know, so, 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 before Joseph even heard dreams, before he even heard what the dreams were, you know, he, he, he walks into a room and there's all these people, there's Pharaoh, in verse 15, Genesis 41, 15, 41, 15, Pharaoh said unto Joseph, I have dreamed a dream, and there's none that can interpret it. Now he says this, and he sees it very, very disturbing. Can you imagine Joseph walking into that situation? And he says, there's no peace in this place. And the Pharaoh's not in peace, and everybody else is not in peace. And so he says, I need peace. I need, I need a message of peace. So here's Joseph, where, it's, where the Lord Jesus, Jehovah Jesus, has des is describing the relationship with the believers in John 15, when he says, I am the vine, ye are the branches. I am the vine, ye are the branches. So Joseph is walking in, into this situation where there's no peace, there's a lot of big problem. And, and he's saying to himself, now I'm connected to God, God is my vine, and I am the branch. And I've just walked into a situation here where, uh, I, I, uh, Lord, uh, I feel like a, a branch that's kind of extended out pretty far from the, the vine. I'm one of those far-reaching branches out here. And out here, I'm going to need a, a shot, a pretty good shot, pretty fast shot of the right words that I have to say. And we almost hear the Lord Jesus say, don't worry about it. He said, you know, in that hour, it will be given to you what you must say. And it's not you that speak, it's the Holy Spirit that speaks through you. So anyway, so then Joseph goes on in this, uh, in this uh, Genesis, Genesis uh, 41, Genesis 41, 15, 41, 15, he says, I've heard, the Pharaoh says, I've heard say thee, of thee, that thou canst understand a dream to interpret it. And Joseph answered Pharaoh and said, it's not in me. God shall give Pharaoh an answer of peace. You know what I said? Well, you know what Joseph is saying there? I'm just a branch. I'm pretty far out of the vine, but I'm a branch out here, and God's going to shoot that, that answer right right, right, right from him to the vine, right out to me as the branch, and, and that's the, what you're going to get. And we can see that, that Joseph says, when Joseph says to Pharaoh in that Genesis 41, 16, Genesis 41, 16, God shall give Pharaoh an answer of peace, and God has that, that at that point. Joseph has a silent prayer going up with himself. He says, God shall give Pharaoh an answer of peace, and God shall give Joseph an answer of peace, because Joseph's in need right now. And boy, did God ever give Joseph an answer of peace. I mean, Joseph already saw from Pharaoh and everyone around that there was a lot of disturbing there, and, and, and he knew that he had to have an answer. Ultimately, he needed an answer of peace. So from Pharaoh's dreams, Joseph saw there's no message peace here. It's only terrible warning of what's coming. But as soon as God revealed to Joseph the great, the, the, the great warning, God proceeded right away to reveal to Joseph the now therefore plan and how to save Egypt from perishing. So when you look at verse 20 in Exodus 50, Genesis 50 verse 20, Genesis 50 verse 20, and you put the two parts together, it goes like this in a complete statement in Genesis 50 20. God meant it unto good to, to bring to pass as it is this day to save much people alive. Now, if you just take the first part and the last parts, God meant it unto good. 
to save much people alive. That's something to meditate on. That's something to meditate on. Because it answers the question, what did God need? What does God need? There's been a terrible car accident. What does God mean by this car accident? Verse 20, God meant it unto good to save much people alive. There's been a terrible diagnosis of cancer. What does God mean by this cancer? Verse 20, God meant it unto good to save much people alive. Then the missionary Jeffrey Woodkey has been kidnapped and held for about two years now in Mali. What does God mean by this imprisonment? Verse 20, God meant it unto good to save much people alive. It's so important that to, to see that God means it unto good. And, and, and when he allows to happen, what he allows to happen, and when the question comes, what does God mean? Verse 20 is the answer. God meant it unto good to save much people alive. You know, on, on, on Monday, Monday, last Monday, Dave and one of our, our, our Israel Restoration staff in, in Israel, he, he's over there, he's trying to make contacts with Israelis to bring the gospel to them. And, you know, he's doing the conversations, and, and, and it's, 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 it's going, you know, it's okay, it's going. But he sees from his conversations with them, because he's Hispanic, he's from Mexico, and they like, some of them want to practice their Spanish. And, but he sees that they're very interested in Mexico, and they've never been to San Diego, and they're interested in San Diego. So, so on Wednesday, uh, so, so he, 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 he comes up with this idea comes with this idea. He says, you know, if we could uh, house the, these people, these backpackers in Mexico and San Diego, they, they would come. So, on Monday. So I think about it for a while. And, and, and then, I, and then I, on Wednesday, I ask our realtor, find a house. Try to find a house. It's best set up to house the Israeli backpackers who, who take a year off of travel after they do army service, and, and they, they travel the world. And, I, and, and you know, I said, the house has got to, you know, have you know, one end uh, that's for the men, and then far, far away, another end that's for the women, and maybe the two never, anyway. And so, anyway, and it's got to have these kind of parameters and so forth. So on, on, on Thursday evening, Thursday evening, even though we're rushing to try to prepare for the annual Sunday School Teachers Appreciation Dinner on Friday, get the house ready, and so Clint and I, we break away, and we look, we look at one house in, in, in Lakeside. It's perfect. It has separated quarters for the 12 men, and, and as far away as through the Sinai Desert, there's another area for the 12 women, and there's a swimming pool in the, in the middle that we'll probably put an alligator in anyway. And, and there's a person who lives there in the granny apartment to, care, to take care of the house. So on Thursday night, we saw Thursday evening, I said, Thursday night, I put an offer in on the house. The owners are out of town. But on Saturday, yesterday, it's accepted. Bought the house take possession in, in, in two weeks from tomorrow. And then on Friday, didn't even have a house yet. Took a picture of the house and, and didn't even own it yet. You know, didn't even have a deal. Took a picture of the house, uh, photoshopped in a couple of backpackers, run the ad in Facebook in Tel Aviv, Rishon Netanya, for, for, for Israelis to, to come and stay in the house. 24 hours, we have 400 likes from Israelis who read the ad. <laughs> so in less than a week, we go from an idea to, 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 to purchase you know, a house, a vision, to advertising it for the house we don't even have, and, and, and then have 400 Israelis like the idea. And I thought, why did God allow this to move so quickly? 
from an idea in Israel on Monday to a bought property on Saturday. And the reason is, verse 20, God meant it unto good to save much people alive. And then, and then the idea came, and I said, well, so I called you know, my friend over there in Israel, and I said, well, you think that the Israelis will, will want to come to Mexico and San Diego? And he says, Mexico? He says, Takati? He says, are you by the Mayan ruins? <laughs> are you next to Mexico City? I said, no. And he says, uh, he says, well, you better come up with something that's going to be attractive. He says, but San Diego, it's a no-brainer. You don't have to say anything. Just say San Diego. They'll come. So we thought, well, how are we going to come to Mexico? So I call up, you know, David. And, and Alex over there says, well, you know, we're not by the Mayan ruins or Mexico City in Tecate, so what are we going to do? And they said, ah, Baja, California. They said, Baja, California, you've got waterfall like in Getty, and you got all kinds of, and I've been down there, it really is. It's like, it's like the end of the world. It's very rough, rough, rough and rugged down there. So, uh, so we started to put together, and said, oh, anyway, go to the, and I've been down there watching the whales, you know, in February, and I wanted to say, See the whale sharks, they come up there. Look at animals down there, porpoises, everything. And so, so now the, the idea is that, okay, we'll, we'll buy two really rough areas, no water, no electricity, just kind of camping, beachfront properties uh, in the rough, uh, on the, in Baja, California, one on the Sea of Cortez side, where, you know, and one on the Pacific side, and we'll find out you know, where do the whales go, where do the whale sharks go, and wherever, and, and then we'll go to camp there, and then we'll be down there for seven days, and we'll have this great uh, uh, holistic tours, you know, so for the body, with the hiking and the swimming and the camping, not for me, but for them. And, 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 and then, the, and then the, the soul, making friends, you know, and then the spirit, every night, different, different, different teaching and discussions, how to deal biblically with fear, with depression, with grief, with death. How to deal biblically with creation, evolution, animals that defy evolution, human body functions that defy evolution is creation, and and then and then uh, and then uh, Jewish people tell their stories, which should be testified. But interaction. So so now uh, pray, pray that, that God, as we send people down there to go out and look at these deserted places on these beaches here, that God will open up that door. And there needs to be a road to them, too. We have to drive there. But God will open up these doors for us. And he can do it. Why? Why would God do this? Because of verse 20. God meant it unto good to save much people alive. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for being the God who means it unto good to save much people alive. Help us all, Lord. Help, help me. Help others to Stay on your page. Get on the same page with you uh, of saving much people alive. Meaning unto good. That you see the page that says, God meant it unto good to save much people alive. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org and sign up for his daily devotional. 
Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestorationministries.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California, Santee, California, 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org, tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. Reach Israel. Join Tom Cantor for the second annual Israel Restoration Ministries Jewish Evangelism and Training Conference in San Diego, California, February 22nd and 23rd at the Creation and Earth History Museum. Early bird registration, only $99, includes a two-day conference pass, meals, teaching, Creation Museum and Tabernacle admission, plus over $150 worth of equipping resources. Come hear Tom Cantor, Dr. Michael Brown, Dan Sered, and more on how we can reach the lost in America and Israel on February 22nd and 23rd. Call 619-599-1104, 619-599-1104, or sign up at ReachIsrael.com. That's ReachIsrael.com. What are you doing Sunday nights? Join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at the Creation and Earth History Museum in Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for the Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. 